You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Let's talk about SEO quickly. This whole search engine optimization thing. People are frustrated by it, confused by it, and there are so many SEO tools out there. Free ones, subscription ones, which one's the best? Do you ever feel like it's been this dark art, this mystic craft hidden for only certain people to understand? Well, here at Jelly, it all became clear when we started using Ahrefs. The reports we got, the clarity on site ranking, and so much more. Today, for all our clients, we provide Ahrefs reporting and use the tool to audit sites. It's the premier SEO tool that gives you the confidence you're providing top-notch reports and data to your clients. Let the only confusing thing be how the tool's name is said. Check them out at ahrefs.com. Thanks everyone for coming again to another Marketing Jam episode. I am really excited to have you here. Thanks again to Canada Post uh, for getting us through many things, for delivering all of our beautiful Amazon goods, all of the things, uh, love letters, postcards during this time. Uh, appreciate all that you do, Canada Post. And if you haven't picked up a prescription or subscription, whatever you think it is in your life, to Insight Magazine, make sure you subscribe today. Uh, link in the bio. So Rand. Thank you for coming on the show. It is an honor and a pleasure. I've been watching your whiteboard uh, videos for years. I'm sure many uh, other listeners and viewers have as well. Uh, maybe jump right in. Tell us what is this new season for Rand? What are you up to? What's the new project? What do you what do you uh, what do you got your hands dabbling in at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So I um, thank you for having me, Darian. Great, great to be here. Um, so folks, yes, folks who might know me from from Whiteboard Fridays or from Moz, which was uh, the previous company that I founded, I left that about two and a half years ago and started a new company called SparkToro, which is uh, marketing software, but not in SEO. SparkToro is around market research and audience intelligence. So trying to help marketers understand the audiences that they want to reach, uh, where and how to reach them, how they describe themselves, uh, how they talk about themselves, what their behavior and attributes are online. It's sort of like a legal ethical version of going to all your customers' houses, stealing their phones, logging in and looking at everything that they see. Or basically using TikTok. To <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Um, uh, why though? Why? Why? You know, you've been there. You had a lot of success with Moz. Um, very cool mascot, by the way. I, I still actually have one of those Moz dolls. I can't yeah. remember what they were called. The robot guy. Um, yeah, Roger Mozbot. Roger. There you go. Um, MozCon. It was amazing. And, and Tris, you started it with your mom. Is that correct? Is that? Yeah, that's right. I uh, I dropped out of college in what was that 2001, and Jillian. My mom and I started uh, the company that became Moz. You know, first it was SEO Moz, and then became Moz. Um, and that, yeah, that was a long journey, right? Seventeen years is a long time to be at a company. That's amazing. Uh, just a quick moment. Shout out to all the moms. Uh, if you haven't uh, called your mom today, texted your mom, thanked your mom for just anything in your life, even if it's just birthing you, uh, you know, just a, a nice reminder. Some moms do some cool stuff. So just as an example here, for uh, she was part of birthing Moz. And, and so you, you, you had that success in Seattle. Um, two and a half years later, you're, you've started something new now. So tell us why. Why do you think so, this was needed? What's the purpose? Why, why is there need to be another software company out there that we all need to you know, subscribe yeah. to? Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. So uh, I think one of the big 
fundamental problems that I see in the digital marketing world and kind of in the broader technology field is this incredible bias um, to spending dollars and attention and time focused exclusively on the duopoly of Facebook and Google. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I think that is bad for the world. I think it's bad for the economy. I think it's bad for income inequality. I think it's bad for getting high return on investment. I think it's bad for finding low competition marketing channels. Just not great. But one of the core problems for marketers is that they can't go easily figure out what their audiences pay attention to. And because of that, we as marketers don't know where to go do marketing if it's not Facebook and Google. So we created SparkToro to help overcome this problem, right? If you want to find out what electrical engineers in Canada are listening to and reading and watching and following, you can type electrical engineer into SparkToro and we will show you exactly what they're paying attention to. If you want to figure out what interior designers in California read, if you want to figure out what people who enjoy the game Dungeons and Dragons are following, if you want to uh, reach fiction authors in New York, right? whatever your audience, so long as they are describable in a discreet way, mm -hmm. SparkToro can help show you channels and opportunities outside of the Google Facebook duopoly mm -hmm that will help you reach this group. And how do you do that? How, where do you get that info and how do you keep it up to date? And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the process behind the scenes, it, it is difficult but simple to explain, right? Okay. So, so in an ideal world, right, what you and I would want to do if we wanted to try and understand one of these audiences is, like, like I joked earlier, right? Go take their phone, yeah. log into it, yeah. see all the people that they're following on whatever, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Reddit and YouTube and Medium and Quora, blah, 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 blah. That's exactly what SparkToro does, but we crawl the web, right? So we crawl the web and social uh, media websites and we aggregate together all the profile data and then co connect up those profiles and make it searchable. Right. So okay. when you say yeah. I want to find interior, you know, people whose profile includes interior designer and located in California, we go and look through a bunch of bios and profiles that we've aggregated from all these social networks for those words in that location. And then we return to you a number like, OK, we have six thousand four hundred and twelve uh, profiles that match this description. And here is their aggregated behavior. There's no machine learning, there's no AI. It's literally just a giant database of crawled information from publicly accessible websites, um, mostly, mostly social media websites and website about pages that are connected to them. That's uh, indexed the same way Google would crawl and index it, but presented in such a way that, that um, makes it searchable for exactly the words and phrases that describe your audience or that describe their behavior. And so a question for um, Canadians who are mostly watching the show, uh, our privacy laws, like the way that we, uh, you know, we have a little more constricted uh, allowances on what information is available. Does it work the same in Canada as you see in the States and UK and Australia? Yeah, yeah. So we are GDPR compliant, California privacy law compliant, Canada privacy law compliant, New Zealand Canada privacy law compliant, uh, because we do not, um, 
show personally identifiable information. We don't collect or store data on like race and demographics or income or gender. Um, what we're doing is essentially just crawling web pages and then telling you what's on those web pages in certain form fields and showing you aggregated behavior about web pages and profiles that match those. To right? So essentially, to do better outreach and spending and media buys. Exactly, and and you know whatever you're doing, creative direction or or um, yeah, broadcast media or podcast sponsorships or content outreach or social media marketing, whatever whatever kind of tactic you're doing, we try not to be prescriptive about that. But the reason that we're compliant with all these you know systems is we work just like Google works. Mm -hmm. So we only crawl publicly accessible web pages, right? We don't we don't we might have you know Darian, we might have your uh, Twitter profile and your LinkedIn profile and your whatever YouTube profile and whatever uh, connected up. But we don't when someone searches for podcast host, we don't say here's Darian. We say 16.7% of the 2000 podcast hosts in our database have these behaviors. Oh, wow. Okay. And and because you're going to see what kind of like, you know, our, uh, you know, have this many subscribers on YouTube or read this sort of materials or are interested in these sorts of publications. Exactly. Right. So you, you might, if you have a uh, YouTube profile and it is linked to in your LinkedIn profile and that's linked to by your Twitter profile, right? We connect all those up. And so we know that you've said in your Twitter bio, podcast host. Mm -hmm. And then we know on YouTube that you follow the YouTube channel, I don't know, Adventure Time, right? Yeah. The yeah. All yeah. little characters behind me. And so we might say, oh, well, if lots and lots of podcast hosts, this is not true, but no. if lots and yeah. lots of podcast hosts follow the YouTube channel Adventure Time, There's a trend. you would see that in our data. Thus is a real-time data-driven trend. Where yes, I'm not exactly. just relying on Facebook data on the back end, which I think I find that often, even in, in, on lazier times or quick times, you can go to the back end of Facebook and it tells me who all my fans are and it can, you know, I can build audience sets, right? But it's, it's, right. it's fenced into Facebook's world. Yeah, exactly. You only, and you don't get to know much about that audience. You just get to pay to advertise to them. Mm -hmm. And exactly. we are the opposite, right? You can't, you can't pay SparkToro to advertise towards that audience. Right. You, but what you can do is say, ah, here is um, a website that people who match the audience I want to reach often read. Wow. Right. You're, you're, you're like bizarro Facebook, if you know that term. <laughs> sure. Sure. For, yeah. For, for those mean, that don't, it's like uh, Superman had a character named Bizarro Superman who was the exact opposite in every way. You are the exact. Is that, yep. is that a bad conclusion to make? No, no, I think in a lot of ways that works, right? Because we are we are very privacy centric, right? We are very open. We want people to, we don't want people to, to buy their placement with us. We want them to go to the rest of the internet and go fund, you know, um, and support and sponsor and do outreach to and amplify and build relationships with all these various people and publications and sources of influence across the web, the web, right? We want to help marketers, marketers fund and support and find opportunities to reach their audiences outside of classic Facebook, Google world. Wow, that's wild. 
That's wild. So I feel like the uh, there's been so many stories about uh, and we, people had on the show as well about you know from the media and the press who are struggling and newspapers that are starting yeah. to wind up. I feel like this gives uh, uh, me at least gives me some hope. I feel like some days I feel really hopeless when I hear about another news outlet that shut down or a news outlet that laid off half their staff. I feel like you help redirect funds because even this Facebook protest opportunity, I. I Realize it was like here's an opportunity where at least for a month, at least people are like, hey, avoid Facebook for a month. At least for a month, you could redirect your funds. But what you're saying is, hey, think about it all year round, and don't yeah. just do it in protest. Do it with wisdom and data, and and do it because, you know, let's say you are someone who isn't particularly passionate about. Um, you know, defunding hate speech and encouraging yeah. Facebook to have better behavior. Maybe you don't care about those things. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope you do, but maybe you don't. Even if you don't, what you almost certainly care about if you're a marketer is higher return on investment. Come on. Right? Let's do, yeah. and, and the higher return on investment channels tend to be places where your competitors are not participating, yeah. huh. right? Where your audience, the reachable audience that you want to target, is participating and paying attention, and places where customers and potential customers and the audience that you want to reach. Uh, is not getting bombarded by 10,000 messages from 10,000 competitive sources. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram are really difficult to play in in that world. Google is really difficult to play in in that world. A podcast sponsorship, right? A YouTube channel mention, mm -hmm. uh, a, a piece of PR in, a, in on a news publication yeah. that your customers subscribe to via email. Those are golden opportunities. Okay, how do you figure out the email subscription? Is it because they're fans of it? You've seen that a bunch of their fans. Say it's like uh, of cat sweaters. Let's say one says cat sweater company. I, you see that, but then you see 2,000 of these cat lovers are also fans of this publication. Do you assume they subscribe to the email and that's yeah. the way you go? Okay, you don't. Yeah, so okay. the way that we do it, we, we do implied behavior. So for, yes. for example, okay. we might say, um, oh, here's this publication uh, about um, animal accessories. Yeah. And we see that a bunch of people on their social accounts who match the profile that you searched for have engaged with or replied to or amplified or linked to or shared or followed this uh, profile. And that profile is connected to this website, this podcast, this YouTube channel, et cetera. So we, we make that aggregation happen and then we show you that data uh, on the front end of the tool. So like, you know, if I, if I type in, my audience uses these words in their profile, uh, podcast host, yeah. right? Then I will see, I will get back a, uh, a list of not the podcast hosts themselves, but what they pay attention to, right? That's so brilliant. SparkToro's database has 25,918 profiles that include the words podcast host, wow. right? And then they collectively, 11.3% of them, 2,924, uh, follow, share, or engage with Adrian Wojnarowski. I don't oh, actually know that. Wow, but, 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 but he's, he's, a, he's a person of interest. Yes, oh, apparently he is a very popular sports podcaster on mm -hmm. ESPN. And that people admire, look up to, kind of like the Malcolm Gladwell or you know, of the sports world. I, exactly, looks like this is a very, very popular person in sports podcasting world in particular, right? Cool. And, and we could say like, oh, I don't, I'm not necessarily interested in uh, the sports world, right? I want podcast hosts in uh, technology, right? Yeah. So let's look for podcast host tech. 
and then we'll get a much smaller group of people, but we'll be able to adver- uh, see what their behavior is like. So there's only 350 people in our database mm-hmm. whose, po- whose profile text includes podcast and host and tech. And they follow Kara Swisher and Kevin Rose and Leo wow. Laporte and Linda Tucker and Stratechery. No surprise. I should update my uh, Twitter bio. I'm realizing, I think it just still says I like gardening and tacos and, and I'm a dad of, you know, I don't even know if I mentioned this all four of my kids. This is, this is the beautiful thing though, right? Because it is very likely, Darian, that we yeah. are able to say, here's your Twitter profile. That doesn't have interesting stuff, no. but LinkedIn does. My LinkedIn does. Yes, it totally does. Okay, boom. Yeah. Wow, and then you can connect the two. I wanna talk about explaining leads to clients. CallRail gives you the call tracking you need to measure the success of your marketing efforts in real time. Discover how many calls you received from your Google ads, organic searches, social media efforts, and so much more. And hey, that's not the only reason we use CallRail. CallRail seamlessly integrates all of our call and conversion data with over 700 marketing tools and platforms, including Google Analytics and Salesforce, for a deeper insight into what's happening. Start telling the complete story to your clients. Try a free trial today with callrail.com. So, okay, so um, we basically, there's two major audiences listening to the show right now. One would be a business owner. So they've got one brand, they've got one baby that they look after. Uh, What does it look like for them to get involved in SparkTower? Like, what access do they have? What can they do? What does it look like kind of month to month if you've just got one brand? Do you do this kind of one time for a month, or are you seeing people kind of checking in every month on kind of trends and finding new audiences? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really depends on who you are. But um, so I, I help a lot of um, business owners all the time and, and entrepreneurs with, with SparkToro and with marketing in general. But uh, a lot of that is because many, many folks um, who sign up for the, in fact, almost every, everyone who signs up, you know, for a free account, which you can just start searching like, like we did over the uh, call here today, Right, you can start searching SparkToro and like set up a free account with an email, and then you'll get an email from me, uh, from my personal email, like uh, you know a few hours later that says like, "Hey, anything I can help you with?" Right, and a lot of people reply to those. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Which is awesome, and so yeah. I get to help you know tons of folks use SparkToro. Yeah. For individual business owners, what I've generally found is this is really helpful helpful for them, like once a year, once every six months, right? Mm-hmm. When they're doing their sort of campaign planning, like where am I gonna go do my marketing for the next couple of quarters, mm-hmm. for the next year, that kind of thing, right? And then if they are doing something um, repetitively, like a lot of content marketers or PR folks, right? So if, they're, uh, if they internally have teams that do content marketing, every time they push out a new piece, they wanna find other people to amplify it. Right, yeah. like hey, so that'd be almost agencies, cool. PR agencies, marketing agencies, ad agencies. This is a, every month, every almost week, they could be doing a new push out. This is well. Better. So for so for those folks, it's it's different, right? Because they're doing it for every new client. Yeah. But if you're an in-house marketer who's doing content marketing or doing PR, you're doing you're doing this something like this on a regular cadence, but each time it has a different focus. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this, whatever. Uh, let's say you're doing. You've got a um, super uh, uh, old school um, industry like construction, yeah. right? And so this week we're targeting uh, civil engineers with our yeah. blog post, 
So where do I go find civil engineers and what are they paying attention to? Well, okay, here, here let me go into Spark Toro and amplify that. Next month, I'm trying to target um, whatever, uh, engineering students at, um, at, at universities in the United States. All right, let, let me go find, you know, construction engineering students and which programs. Let, let's see wh how we can reach them. Maybe some of these universities can, uh, you know, amplify our work, blah, blah, blah. Right. So every time you're doing it, there's a different uh, audience that you're potentially reaching. And content is sometimes different from, you know, what the business does um, or has some angles on that. And then, yeah, you're right. Uh, so consultants and agencies are about. 60% of our customers today yeah, and, yeah. and in-house marketers, the other 40%, but we have users of all kinds. Cause we, you know, with, uh, I, I realized that we we're, we're having this conversation right during the, the height of the coronavirus epidemic in the United States. And, um, when we launched, it was actually April of 2020, which is wow. the worst time to launch in maybe 90 years, um, <laughs> launch a new business. But, um, we basically made the free account very, generous right yes, so yeah you can I run lots that of about it yeah. yeah you can run lots of searches for free a lot of people do just use the free version which is great like we're we're totally happy to just provide a very useful free service um especially during a tough time for a lot of folks when they don't have budget um and and that uh that data can then be used to we hope make people's marketing more successful long term so that in the future there are more companies that survive and do well. I feel like it's more when we again full disclosure we were given a, a trial to, to use it and kind of a press trial I think that's what you called it or yeah a, yeah 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 and so I found that at the end of it it was almost like it was more about efficiencies it, in some ways it made it more work for the agency I will say this you make more work for us but it's better work it's smarter yeah. work so instead of saying, all right, hey, client A, we're going to put 20% um, here times five, 20% there, 20% there. It was almost like you said, no, no, no. Hey, here's what the data says. Spend 60% there, 1% here, 16% there. Yeah, and you kind of break it all down and be like, this is where you're re and, and hey, you're not going to use that account you already have an account with. So you've got to set up brand new accounts with these three publications because they're new to you. And then yeah. it's like, oh, man, way to go, Rand. Now we got more work to do. But for our clients, the ROI yeah, is and, way better. The workload, I think this is um, something that we've observed in marketing, right? You and I know this well, right? That the equation looks like if you are willing to be more creative and put more effort into your marketing, you will almost certainly get a higher return on investment than your competitors who do sort of the lazy targeting of, let me just throw all my money at Google and Facebook, mm -hmm. right? Because they, you have less competition uh, you have um, more opportunity to learn from your experience and you get better and better at this at this stuff over time. And you find these channels where people are uh, not used to or, or not overwhelmed by marketing and therefore your message resonates and breaks through the clutter and the noise. I, personally, I love that. It's not right for everybody. Like, no way. If it was right for everybody, there wouldn't be a competitive advantage. But if you want marketing to be a competitive advantage for your business, mm -hmm. you should go to these more creative channels. I, that's where I find a ton of the opportunity for, for my businesses and for the people that I help out. Um, and I think it's, you know, sort of a beautiful thing. Like, it, it helps create a broader um, swath of uh economic opportunity versus concentrated economic activity, which I'm personally not a fan of. 
it, it's it's good on so many levels, and from like a, you know from the the greater good for our country with investing in I think more diverse journalism, but also the greatness it provides. And I'll I'll give one example when we were um, trialing the tool. We, uh, and I, there's parts of me that's like, I don't want to share this because it's such great data and insight, but, but it, that's the beauty of it, is I found that um, when we put in uh, an audience, set, like what we were looking for and the, the audience we were trying to reach and what they're interested in, uh, Chamber of Commerce popped up, the specific oh. Chamber of Commerce in a specific area. And, then, and we realized the group we were trying to reach was really interested in this one Chamber of Commerce. But when you look at the cost to become a member and sponsor an email, do an advertisement through the Chamber, like it's a few hundred dollars. So like to reach this audience in this area, like a few hundred, we're talking a few hundred dollars versus miss, you know, to kind of throwing money to the wind with Facebook and Google with hopes, right? Yeah, well, and um, I think I, I wrote about this a little bit last week, but one of the really tough things that I found on the more creative side of market, I'm sure you've seen this problem too, right? Like let, let's say for example, that we are chatting on your podcast and um, you know, mention some new tool that that we totally love. Like I was, who was I helping? I was helping, oh, uh, a woman who's the founder of uh, eWebinar yesterday. Oh, cool. right? nice. And and so like she was, you know, she was trying out the tool and she's like, oh, this is really cool. So so someone might hear about eWebinar on this podcast. And then what do they do? They They're go to Google, Google it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And who gets the credit for yeah. sending the traffic? Marketing attribution goes to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully she's not running an ad using her own vanity domain, you know, vanity name, but hopefully it shows up organically and she finds it. Well, so it, let, let's say it is the case that it's organic. Yes, yeah, yeah. She'll never even know no. what someone searched for. No, yeah, because that so much of that data is withheld. It's now. hidden, right? Google yeah. took away keyword data unless oh, you pay, that? unless remember you pay when, them. Remember when we used to get that data? Yes. Remember those days? That was amazing. I love that info. Uh, so, but that so that information was specifically taken away so that we would spend more on advertising, yeah. right? Man, and so guys. that Google could protect its monopoly. And that this uh, it's very very frustrating, right? Because there's there's no one who can really hold Google to account. I mean, beyond the United States government. But yeah. uh, th that um, that frustrating problem is self compounding. Right. So every every creative source, every podcast, every billboard, every radio ad, every television ad, every product right. placement, right? All of these things that create brand lift drive more Google search because we don't, you know, correctly, perfectly type in URLs. We search mm -hmm. Google to as essentially our navigational platform of the internet. Yeah. And so Google, which is essentially a you know, the the analogy I like is it's like a toll booth mm -hmm. on the government-funded internet highway, yeah. right? And they're, they're a toll booth, a privately owned toll booth set up to take a few cents every time everyone goes anywhere, right? And all the credit goes back to them. It kind of rubs me the wrong way, right? Like I yeah. don't, I don't love it. And there are ways to get at attribution, right? You can yeah. do surveying, you can do time series yeah. stuff, you can do geographic stuff you can look at google trends and see spikes but whew, it's pretty hard like yeah. it's hard to reverse engineer yeah. what's truly going on and so google gets a bunch of the credit wow and so with what you're saying is man we're going to find you let's just say these three publications you would have never thought of there's three websites 
and you start marketing on those, you're going to see the difference because we gave you the roadmap. We, we helped you discover, almost like Indiana Jones, you're going to kind of open up some uh, cool treasure chest and be like, look at these maps you've never thought about even going to. Yeah, Don't yeah. and I think path. for a lot of folks, especially uh, what we find is that if you know a sector really well, right? Like if you're, if you're deep in the world of interior design or yep. yeah, that's uh, a great one. electrical engineering, yep. the first five or six sources that SparkToro shows you, the ones that the highest percentage of, like you already know those, you're very familiar, but you start going down that list and you're like, yeah. Ooh, there's some gems in here. Like there, there's some gold hidden in this. And uh, the, you know, the good part for us is that usually when people see that the first few sources are the right ones, are the ones that they know, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, everybody pays attention to that, then they trust the data more, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, you you get it. Like, you you can identify some, you know, whatever my little niche is, so you must be good at other niche over here. Yeah. Wow. The, so only, when... thing, the only thing SparkToro kind of sucks at is... Um, well, two things. One, if if the profiles are non-English, we're, we're currently mm -hmm. very English language centric. Yeah. But the other one is um, if you have an audience that is extremely broad in their behavior and difficult to describe, yeah. that okay. uh, doesn't work so well. So someone was asking me today, um, uh, someone on LinkedIn pinged me and was like, oh, I just heard about your tool. Like, mm -hmm. can I use it to find people who need to go to the optometrist once a year? Hmm. And I was like, I... I am so sorry, my friend, I cannot help you, right? Because yeah. there's, no, there's no behavior that yeah. people with glasses do that like no online that people without glasses don't do. Yeah. Um, I like to say, it's great if you're trying to find real estate agents. Yeah. It's terrible if you're trying to find homeowners. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, because yeah, everyone and anyone can be a homeowner. Right? Exactly, and people don't say homeowner or not homeowner and they don't like, you know, have distinct behaviors, they might potentially be following, you know, some neighborhood association, like you, you mentioned a chamber of commerce. Yeah. So there can be little things like that, or a condo board, if it's micro targeted enough, yeah. but it's pretty, that that's a tough one. So what would you say to someone who argues, well, I've got, um, using this tool on Facebook called Facebook look like audiences, I put in my email list in there, and, and, and it, it's enough for me. What would you say? Um, we haven't launched it yet, but SparkToro has a custom audiences import feature. Um, so it's it's behind the scenes. Casey and I have been testing it. A few yeah. customers have tried it out so far, but it's pretty sweet. So you can basically, uh, if you use like Clearbit or Full Contact, you can upload your email list to them wow. and they'll send you back a list of social URLs that are associated with those email addresses. Wow. So we don't we don't do that because we don't get involved with the privacy stuff. Yeah. But they handle all that, and then once you have that list of social URLs, 150 or more, you can upload that to us, and we will analyze your group of customers in a custom way and show you all the behavioral attributes and what they follow and read and listen to and watch and pay attention to, so that you can go find more people like your customers. Wow. It's pretty sweet, man. That's amazing. So for you personally, you know, those that have maybe been fans for a while and kind of followed you in your journey, um, where do you go for sources? Where do you go for inspiration, ideas, kind of nuggets and kind of, um, I don't know, trending yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'll tell you, like, one thing, Darian, that's um, interesting for me that's very different from my days at Moz is at SparkToro, I have, I guess... 
decided that and invested in a lot of consultants and agencies. Mm -hmm. Like we, we have a consultant for our art direction. We have a, um, a consultant for the UI design. We have a consultant for UX. We had a consultant for our, our launch messaging and positioning and analysis of our nice. um, beta cohorts. Mm -hmm. We have consultants we're working with on conversion rate optimization. I have found a ton of inspiration in going to professional agencies, professional consultants who do this all day, every day. That's cool. Right. And then and then getting their knowledge. I I don't know why at Moz I was so hesitant to do that. I think I had that classic tech startup like mindset that where I was we locked into thinking, oh, well, if we want to be any good at it, we have to build it as an in-house, you know, um, competitive advantage and like get good at it here, hire people. Why? Why did we have to do that? I feel so dumb. I honestly feel so dumb. Like we're, you know, we, we spend decent money with our consultants at SparkToro, but the return, oh, it's heaven. And you, and get you learn so from all their mistakes and, and their yes. kind of, yeah. Right. They can, they can basically say like, oh yeah, we've done this, uh, you know, with 10 companies like you in software yeah. as a service uh, who target this audience, we can tell you that this is going to work. That's not going to yeah. work. Let's try this. Let's not try that. Oh, heaven. That's awesome. And, and so their ideas, inspiration, kind of knowledge that they're sharing with you, that's, that's been kind of a, a great kind of place of not learning for you. That's been your school in a sense. That's exactly right. Like I just, I learn, uh, so much from that group. And then, you know, I'm, I'm a voracious online reader as okay. well. You can probably tell from my Twitter account, right? I just, I read a tremendous amount of stuff and, and try and pay attention to the world, which is sometimes disheartening these days. But um, I, uh, I I definitely get a lot of value out of that. I feel like it makes me a bigger picture thinker. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of my years at Moz, I was thinking very, I don't know, tactically. And now yeah. I'm thinking much more strategically, like not, you know, not how do I help someone implement a correct ahreflang you know tag on their website but more how do i create more economic opportunity for a broader group of people and fight against systemic bias and wealth concentration wow. <laughs> different different yeah. mindset so for you even um like are you an ios or an android guy uh android yeah so apps that you, you kind of are on a daily basis what's your kind of go-to phone apps yeah, I am. Um, I'm a big social media user, so I am in uh, Twitter and Reddit quite a bit. Um, I am also pretty addicted to my Fitbit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that is, you know, I think part of the trying to stay mentally and emotionally healthy for me is getting my exercise. And um, I, I have a degenerative disc disease. So uh, making sure that sort of a, it's a thing that happens when like thousands of years of Jews can only intermarry in their own little um, shtetls, uh, you, you get some genetic diseases that are not great. So, so in order to combat that, um, I have a lot of physical therapy exercises I do and the Fitbit helps me keep track of that. So I'm in that app uh, a good bit, watching my sleep and all that kind of stuff. Um, I also uh, am a big fan of Pocket. Yeah. yeah. So I save a lot of articles to Pocket and then I sort of read them in downtime. Um, that works nicely for me. My brother just got me a Sonos, which is like our yeah. little, um, uh, I don't know what to call it. Like, like the audio device connected yeah. to our television. Yeah. And, um, I've been playing around with that app, uh, awesome. to use, to control our TV and our yeah. audio and sync up sound throughout the house and blah, blah, blah. That's fun. That's awesome. So uh, 
all the show, we've been going for four years. I've only ever had two guests on the show, you, you being one of them, ever mentioned that they go on Reddit and that they're Reddit users. Oh, so, yeah. So the market, and, or maybe that those that have admitted they're Reddit users and, and gone Reddit. So maybe those that are maybe um, cautious of or concerned about who have never been to Reddit, what's, what's your advice to the people that are thinking about it or, or why should they even be on Reddit? Yeah, I, so I use Reddit mostly as an aggregator of what um, broad popular internet culture is thinking and talking about. And then I have like my subscriptions to my individual subreddits that I use more to keep up with my hobbies and passions and interests, right? So like around like games and TV shows and movies and, you know, whatever cultural things like adventure time, right? Like I, um, so I think I think it's great for that, right? It's great for sort of like what's going on in my little sub community niche that I care about, which I yeah. use Twitter for as well. Yeah. And then I use the popular or all homepage to sort of see and what is the broader internet talking about? Yeah, okay, very cool. And for you, a brand that you're following or watching there, you're like, man, you guys should check this brand out. They, they know what they're doing right now or one that maybe you admire at the moment. Ooh, gosh. Um, yeah, I have been... Um, I have been really, really impressed by what Eater has done in the sort of content and competition with with like Google Maps and Yelp and a million other websites. Like Eater has built a very impressive curated brand that I trust um, and that I follow. I'm I'm passionate about food things anyway. And despite the fact that during lockdown, I have not been able to go out to eat or restaurants or anything, right? Because the United States is still locked down. But um, we, I, I visit Eater quite a bit to see stuff about takeout and delivery and make it home and stuff I can order yeah. and gifts to send to friends and yeah. like things to buy for Geraldine and I. So um, yeah, I've, I've been very impressed with that brand. When um, there's an organization in Canada called uh, Friends of Media Broadcasting, and it was an organization that was created to um, kind of keep media going. You could donate to it, they were giving awareness, they're kind of following what Facebook was doing to media in Canada. I feel like they should tell people about this tool, not for the sake of people just using the tool for the sake of using the tool, but for the sake of saying, hey, here's a, I feel like you provided a pragmatic, hey, you want to spend money elsewhere, you want to try to inspire people who have money to spend it elsewhere, you've provided, in a sense, the tool, the, the map. Yeah, the, the roadmap, right? Yeah. yeah. I, like one of the things that I try and tell folks that we can help solve is, I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but I, I call it like the Wall Street Journal program problem. You know, I can imagine that um, maybe in Canada, it's like the Globe and Mail problem. Yeah, yeah. Right, nice. which is, oh, hey, I want to uh, get our brand, you know, some press. Okay, well, where should we go do that? Well, I want to get in the Globe and Mail. Why the Globe and Mail? You just told us that your audience is electrical engineers. Yeah. Well, look, me and my buddies who go golfing, we read the Globe and Mail. So mm. that's where I want you to get, right? And and it's tough. Like, you have to bring data to that conversation. You have to say, yeah. look, we searched for the audience you said was the one you want to reach. And here's what they read and listen to and follow in this order. And so, yes, 4% of them read the Globe and Mail, right? Or have engaged with it online in some way in the last 100 days. And 17% have engaged with this niche publication in the electrical engineering field. So should we put four times as much effort into that one? I think we should. Wow. I, I feel like there's also um, companies you can spend a lot of money with who will tell you this same information that your tool can. 
Uh, a lot of that, yeah. A lot of that is like surveys and market research surveys, um, which I I like for a lot of other reasons. I don't love for this use case. And the reason is, you know, Darian, if you if you go and interview someone or survey them and say, what podcast do you listen to? And then you actually go onto their phone and you look at their whatever, Stitcher or Libsyn or Apple, you know, Apple podcast, the, the data does not match the response. Yeah. And so those surveys, I just don't see them as being valuable for, for that purpose. I think surveys are great yeah. for other things, right? For getting like opinion data and, and aggregation of opinion data. Um, but I don't think they're good for sourcing attribution of, of uh, media consumption and attention economy work. And so, yeah, you, you need something like SparkTorrent. So where can people go and, and what's the cost for someone to kind of, you know, they can do the free trial, but then once yep. they're like get hooked, what's, what's that look like and, and what's the domain people should go to? Yeah, so it's uh, sparktoro.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you go to the homepage and, and try a free search, uh, you'll be asked to enter your email and then you get, a, get a, you know, 10 free searches a month. So you can keep using it indefinitely for free. Uh, if you upgrade, the upgrades range between, I think 150 and 600 bucks a month. Um, and then there's a discount for annual. And we also have a one week heavy use package. So if you're like, hey, yeah. I need to do a bunch of research, but I don't need to do it ongoing. You can pay a few hundred dollars, I think it's $400 and, and just do um, basically a, a near unlimited number of searches yeah. and data polls uh, for a week. And we've had, yeah, a few dozen folks use that to yeah. get all their market research done for the year. Uh, so PR agencies, Small business owners, marketing agencies, in-house marketers. This sounds like a tool to try for free. At least ten searches in one month. Yeah. Um, add some data, some diversity. I, I like the diversity part of it all. I'm trying to figure out just articulate well, but I feel like you're almost democratizing a access to this information because usually this sort of stuff is really expensive by consultants or like these really kind of high-towered companies. Right in Canada, we have like Angus Reid polling or Vision Critical. Those are kind yep. of the two biggies. Um, uh, but you democratize that data and then you empower people to spend in a more diverse, I feel like, democratized way because it goes to where you go versus the pressure of just, oh, Facebook, Google, you know, the same old, same old, same old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, look, if people are getting frustrated by the decreasing return that they're seeing and or they're hoping to boost their, uh, their impact by having a multi-channel approach, mm -hmm. um, this this stuff is great, right? And SparkToro is one of several ways you can get at this data. You can you can also interview your customers. You can ask them, you know, post purchase surveys. Yeah. Uh, how did you find us, right? And use that type of data to apply here. Uh, SparkToro is just sort of an easy, like, get it all in a search way. It's brilliant. Well, Rand, thank you again. A pleasure as always. Um, I, uh, I feel like it's such an honor to talk to you in person and back and oh forth after watching the, the whiteboard videos for, for so long. They were, they were a joy and a pleasure to watch over all those, uh, those years. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Darian. Really appreciate it. Take care, Everyone, this was, this was Rand Fishkin, SparkToro. Make sure you check it out. Um, Rand has spent years investing in the SEO community. I feel like um, I, when I think of Rand, I think of the guy that kind of ripped the veil out from, you know, with the wizard of SEO behind, almost like the black art, you know, all these people that were selling this black art SEO, he's kind of made it uh, easy for people to understand. If you haven't checked out a whiteboard video, make sure you check it out if you're interested in SEO. They're brilliant, um, kind of helps everyday people understand SEO and kind of terms around it and how it works. And now his new iteration, SparkToro, 
uh, providing insights and information on where to spend your media dollars and where to spend your energy, especially those that are in PR and those that are doing big media spends. So thanks everyone for joining us this week and we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.